Welcome to Changing Your Dreams, Parenting a Child with Special Needs, a podcast where we shine a light on the unique grief of special needs parents that few people recognize and no one really talks about. I'm your host, Laura Kitts. How do we live a beautiful life with chronic stress and grief? How do we nurture ourselves while we nurture our children? How do we make ourselves a priority when they need so much? My guests and I will discuss this chronic, ever-renewing grief, transforming your dreams, and how to take care of yourself along the way when parenting a differently abled child. This episode is sponsored by Flight Club. Join a circle of friends who understand you and your life as a special needs parent. Combine that with monthly guest experts, live self-care accountability sessions with me, and easy, actionable assignments to help you emerge from the hard work, transformed, just as the butterfly from her chrysalis, and you've got Flight Club. Today I'm talking to Kelly Winkler about how her journey of parenting a child with anxiety and panic attacks led her to understand and heal her own anxiety. She found her voice through advocating for her children, and now she has her own podcast. She teaches bite-sized tips for adults to help the kids in their lives gain control over their thoughts and manage their lives through breathing, meditation, and mindfulness. Her podcast is called Mindful Moments for Families and Schools, and this is her transformation story. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because we have a lot in common in our philosophies, really. And so I've been really looking forward to this conversation. So tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast. My podcast is called Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. And the goal of the podcast really was to give tips for parents and teachers on how to use mindfulness to create a more peaceful environment, whether that be in your home or in your classroom, and to use the sort of bite-sized pieces of information that you can just sort of weave into your day. I know parents are so, so busy. Teachers have an overwhelming amount of stuff that they have to accomplish in each day. So I want to make it so that they feel like they can just weave it into their day and it's not a whole extra thing that they have to do to create a consistent mindfulness or yoga practice with the kids in their life. So that's sort of where it stemmed from. Um, some, of the, some of the podcasts are just me talking about tips and then I also interview people, um, you know, teachers and parents and, and other yoga and mindfulness teachers. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of a little bit about the podcast. Lovely. So what I love is that phrase that you used, bite size, because that is exactly what I teach to the parents in my membership group about how to take care of themselves. So not for their kids, but, you know, parents of kids who have special needs on how to integrate self-care techniques into their super busy, super chaotic lives. And So this is actually something that you can really relate to because you also are a mom of some kids with some high needs and special situations. Yes. I'm a mom of four and my kids are 
16, 14, 11, and six, two boys, two girls. And two of my children have been diagnosed with anxiety disorders. One um, diagnosed with panic disorder and OCD and another diagnosed with right now just generalized anxiety. Not sure whether that will change. He's on the younger side. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really a challenge. And um, so I definitely understand uh, you know, parents that have kids who have high needs or special needs, it, it adds a, a whole nother dimension to already parenting is the most challenging job that we have as, as it is. And then adding that into it um, can really be difficult. And, and I love that you teach parents to, you know, take care of themselves because we can't, you know, we can't uh, have hold space for our kids or, um, you know, be there for them if we don't fill our own cup first. So, you know, that's really, really important. Right. And, and, you know, that's something that I hear a lot that, you know, that phrase of, you know, fill your own cup first or put your own oxygen mask on first and all those, those things. And I found that, um, you know, nobody was teaching us how to do that, how to actually really do that in Mm -hmm. our lives. And so that's what started my journey um, toward what I do. So tell us how you got started um, doing this. Yeah, I always was interested in yoga. Um, when I was younger, I, I did yoga really um, a little bit in college, but then again in my pregnancies, but never really found a consistent practice with my, my own yoga practice until um, my daughter, when my oldest, when she turned 12, she had always been an anxious kid. Um, and it was just something that I also have anxiety. So it was just something that we dealt with. And, you know, we just sort of like, you know, dealt with it on a day-to-day basis, but it never really was, um, you know, we never really looked deeper into it or tried to like take, get outside help. I was just kind of trying to figure it out myself with her. But when she turned 12 things and she entered middle school, things really got tough for her. And it was really a challenging time. She, she was having panic attacks daily. Um, she couldn't get through a school day. Really, she couldn't get through an hour of school without having a panic attack. I was getting phone calls. I had, I had just recently, I'd been a stay-at-home mom and I had just recently gone back part-time teaching in a preschool. And I think that didn't help with her anxiety. And the fact that she started middle school was kind of like the perfect storm. And it all um, hits the fan when they yeah. start middle school. It yeah. just does. I was just getting phone calls every single day from the school counselor. I was having to pick her up every day. Then she just totally refused school. And um, it was really tough. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah. That, and, that is so heartbreaking as a parent. Yeah. To know what is right. What's yeah, the right, how much do you push and how much do they not need to be pushed? Right. It was, we felt like, I felt like I was, my day was consumed with trying to calm her down at, at the same time, I was petrified that she was not going to school because I didn't know what to do. I, I knew she needed to have school and, and I knew the answer wasn't to be homeschooling her because that was just feeding into her anxiety and allowing right. it. And she was never going to get, you know, be, learn how to cope with it if we just kept, you know, letting her stay home. But at the same time, watching her suffer was just heartbreaking. And, you know, so we were, we started trying all kinds of things and, 
you know, we got her into therapy right away. And, um, you know, her therapist recommended that, that she try yoga and she did. And, and we really saw some, some positive effects from that. Um, and then, um, we went through the hardest of the times was that she actually ended up in the hospital. So that was the lowest points of, of, of the whole situation. And, um, you know, the longest three days of my life. Yes. And, um, and that's where I just really was like, okay, like we have to figure this out. You know, we, we were just like at our end and, um, I knew she didn't belong there. So we were like, what, what can we do? You know? And, um, just step-by-step we got her home and just, we just took it one day at a time. And she started consistently, like once she went through that, that scenario of being hospitalized, it actually helped her to be a little bit more open to some of the ideas that we were trying to get her to try because she was so closed off in the beginning, like nothing's going to work. I just, I'm, I'm just, I feel horrible and nothing's helping me. And so she didn't really want to hear anything. So we got her back into the yoga class and, um, and then finally she started opening up about using meditation and using breath work. And, and then it finally started to take hold and, um, you know, really changed her life. And then I, I was of course, incredibly anxious through this whole thing. And my anxiety level was through the roof. And so then I started my own yoga practice and I was like, you know what? it's helping her. I'm going to do this right alongside of her. And I started my own practice. Like we talked about, I had to take care of myself because it was just, I was, I was, and I had three other kids to take care of also and a job that I had just started. Right. So it's a lot. Um, but I started my yoga practice and it was really helping me and it was really helping her. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. It dawned on me. Like, wow. If I had had this, I could have showed her, or if she had had this as a, as a younger child, like we could have avoided a lot of this pain and a lot of this suffering that she went through. Um, and so I said, I started, just started researching and I started like, how can I teach kids yoga? Like what, what I was already a teacher, like how can I teach yoga to kids? How can I bring these concepts to them? And I found just so happened that there was a kids yoga teacher training that was going to happen like a month later, like 20 minutes from my house. And I was like, this is meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. No. (laughs) And I was like, this is just it. And I, I went, I signed up right away and I, you know, scraped my money together to, to do it. Um, as I felt so strongly about it. And after the first, it was a weekend long training after the first day, I just got in my car and I sobbed because I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And all this pain that we just went through, this led me here. And this is going to help so many people and so many kids and so many parents. And so that's really where my journey began. And I just have been building slowly since then. This gives me goosebumps. (laughs) It does. I'm covered my whole body in goosebumps because that is so perfect. That is so amazing. Yeah. What a great story. You know, we learn so much from our kids, don't we? Oh my goodness. The amount I learned about my own anxiety from trying to help my children with their anxiety is, is unbelievable. I mean, even to, as a kid, I didn't know, nobody named it anxiety. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know what was wrong. I just knew there was something I struggled with. I had social anxiety, 
which is very different from the anxieties that my, my kids have. But I, you know, I had social anxiety. And so talking in front of people, any attention on me was going to parties, all of that was like very, very difficult. I was very clingy to my mom and everybody just always said, oh, you're so shy. You're so shy. shy. Right. Yes. Blamed it on that. And um, I didn't really begin to understand it until I started parenting children with anxiety. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, like this is what's been going on my whole life and things that I could never imagine that I would do. I'm doing now. And that's because I've, I've learned to heal my own, you know, struggles through helping my children. And also they pushed me in, in having to stand up for them and having to speak up for them. In so many cases I had to, I, I, you know, there was no option. So I had to speak out. I had to use my voice, which was always so hard for me. And now here I have a podcast. I never would have imagined that I would be using my voice. Yeah. You know, as part of my job or getting up, you know, and doing teacher trainings, doing professional development for teachers in front of a hundred teachers. Like I would have told you, you were nuts. If you told me like even 10 years ago that I would do that. So the amount that I've grown is just tremendous. And I, you know, I have my kids to thank for it. Unfortunately, I, I, you know, I don't wish that they, they had the struggles that they have, but I try to look at the silver lining at, you know, what I've gained from, you know, from the struggles that we've had as a family. And I love that. Yes. And that, what a beautiful transformation story for, for your whole family too. And so how long did it take for your daughter? um, You know, when you, when you first started her in yoga and then she, you know, kind of stopped and was hospitalized and, and went back to it. And then it clicked. How long was that between the start and the click? I would say it was a, it was a couple months. It was the slow build. Um, she, she just, it gave her a little bit of confidence. I think as she started to see that she had some control over her body, um, she was also not very, not a very athletic kid. Like she played like, you know, rec sports, like basketball. And, and she did a little dance and a little gymnastics here and there, but she really wasn't like a physical kid. And I think that the physical part of yoga helped her to like be able to move her body in a way that felt good to her. And then the meditation and the breath work, she gained some sense of control, which I think she just felt so out of control with the panic attacks that each time she gained a little sense of control, she gained a little confidence. And with a little confidence, she started to to come around. And so she was able to get back to school. Um, She was hospitalized the the first week of January. And then she was able to, um, we started her back in school only two hours a day. So she would stay home in the morning and do homeschooling. And then she would go to school from 12 to two. And then I would pick her up a little bit early. She would stay just in one classroom with one teacher doing her language arts and her math curriculum, everything else she did at home. And we did that for several months. She was able to get back to a full day of school, making it through in May, which was like our goal was for her to do that before we where school ended in June, because we didn't want her to end the year not attending a full day of schools. That would be, this was her seventh grade year really much harder for eighth grade to start a full day of school. So, and she did it. And, you know, the first day or two was a little, little rocky. And then she realized she could do it again, gaining that confidence. And then um, 
you know, from there on, it's still not, you know, she has her days and we still have our struggles, you know, daily with different things, but she has learned so much about herself and she's honestly so mature and such a self advocate now that it's, it's really amazing to see that. I mean, it's, I tell her all the time, like, I know like you struggle with anxiety, but it's also brought you gifts because you, you have, you have these, you have this ability, like she's much more mature than, you know, some of the kids that are her age and she sees things a little bit differently. And I'm like, that's the gift that, that you were given, even though, you know, you, you had some hard times and you still have some hard days. I'm not going to sugarcoat, <laughs> you know, some days are, are tough, but we also, you know, we try to look to like, you know, she's, she's gotten some gifts from this. That's awesome. So the thing that really stood out to me that I hadn't thought of it in this way, and I love that you said it. So I want to kind of bring that back to the forefront is that it gave her control or she felt she had control because I never thought about how out of control panic attacks feel. Yes. Um, and you know, and I, I've had panic attacks myself. And so when you, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But I just never thought of that before in that way with, you know, that yeah. language. And so um, that that's really, uh, you know, a really great thing for people to hear and to understand that real feeling of being completely out of control of your own body and your own, yeah. you know, time and space. And so um, being able to have that element of control through breath work, through yoga, through mindfulness, meditation, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's a lot of what I teach because I I say all the time, like um, so many people think like, you know, we can't control our thoughts, but that's not the case. Right. You know, like thoughts come in and, you know, it feels like it's just like a computer. Like we're not, it, it just, it is what it is. Oh, these are the thoughts I have, but we actually have a, we actually have control of our thoughts. And if we can use mindfulness and meditation, we can really, um, you know, flip those thoughts and, and be more positive and calm our body down. And, and really we do have a, have control over everything, you know, in our, in our body sense. Right. So, so tell me about, about you then how have how has that practice um helped you in your parenting of you know you said some days are really rough and i get it i do i do also have a child who has severe anxiety um in addition to my daughter who has uh multiple diagnoses and much higher needs mm-hmm. um and i relate to that middle school crash and burn oh mm-hmm. it was so incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, and so how, how have you used it for yourself, these techniques and, and, you know, what do you, how do you see yourself differently now? Totally different. And I, I am just so thankful that I have these tools because on a daily basis, my own anxiety can be triggered through my kids' anxiety. I mean, my, my, my two kids that have anxiety, have a tendency to send me text messages that just say the word mom. And oh. that sends me into like, it can send me into a panic attack. Yes. Like automatically yes. think the worst case scenario, yep. like what's happening. They're having a panic attack or something's wrong. You know, like my mind can go right there in a, I look I down totally and I just see that mom and yes. boom, I'm, I'm in it. 
And without my breath work and without being mindful of my thoughts and where, where, where I can go so quickly, I, I would be feeling anxious all the time again. And so I really am a huge component of, of um, mindful breathing because it's really been the biggest thing, even, even parenting my other children, you know, like just being able to take a breath and not, um, you know, not get upset or not get frustrated, you know, even when my six-year-old is just like, you know, she's, she has some sensory issues. So, you know, clothing is really a challenge for her and getting dressed is sometimes can take an hour <laughs> and, you know, a lot of patience. Yes. That. We have to dig deep and, you know, like I have to like really breathe and not get frustrated. Cause I have to remember that, you know, she's not choosing to, to feel this way. And so I really depend on, on these skills a lot. And I really try to have a consistent meditation practice. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't have such a consistent asana practice right now um, with getting on my yoga mat, but I try to, I meditate every single day. If um, I'm, I teach yoga almost every day. So through my teaching, I do a lot of it. So I don't always get the time to get on my mat myself and do a class. Um, but like I said, I, my breath work and my meditation is non, it's not optional. I have to, <laughs> I have to depend on those two things every single day. What's the biggest tip you would give to parents who, who aren't really well-versed in these practices? Um, you know, what would you recommend for them to get started with those bite-sized pieces that we yes. talked about earlier? I, I, my, my first tip again, is going to go back to, to breathing. If you can do anything and you don't need to do it for a long time, three slow, deep breaths, just to get you started is is all you need. And my biggest tip, what I usually tell parents who are just getting started, attach it to something that you do every day, part of your routine. So whether that's making, if you're a coffee drinker and you get up every morning and you walk to the kitchen and you turn the coffee pot on, instead of doing something else, you know, unloading the dishwasher or going to do, you know, whatever it is, stand by that coffee maker and take three slow intentional breaths every single day, attach it to that routine so that that breathing becomes part of your routine. I actually started doing it um, in the car. So I was, you know, I have four kids who were very active. And so I, I was in the car a lot in the afternoons after they would I'd be picking up from school and dropping off to sports and back and forth. And I was always so tense because I, I'm, I have a, also my anxiety is social anxiety, but I also have a little anxiety about being late places. Ah. And so I was always very tense. That's rough as a mom of four kids. <laughs> <laughs> my kids get so frustrated because I'm always like, we're going to be late. And then we're always the first ones there. And they're like, why did you say we were going to be late? Because everybody else is late. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I found myself like really tense all the time in the car. So what I started doing was every time I got in the car, just like it's a habit to put your seatbelt on, I made it a habit to take three breaths before I turned the car on, before I backed out or anything. I put my seatbelt on and I took three intentional breaths. And before I knew it, I was doing it without even thinking about it. Just like you get in the car and you put your seatbelt on, you don't even think about it. Sometimes you're driving like, oh, I didn't even realize I put my seatbelt on. That's how my breathing became. And my mm -hmm. kids noticed it. They were like, what are you doing? Like, what? And I'm like, I'm just, I need to breathe for a second. I'm just like, I'm breathing. Just, yeah. I'm <laughs> taking a deep breath because 
I don't want to, you know, I, I know sometimes I get anxious trying to get places. So I'm just trying to calm my body down. And I would take three, you know, and almost like almost had them come to a pause too with me because they were kind of like, huh, okay. Like we're just taking a minute here, you know, and it doesn't take long. And, and it just, it became natural then. And then I just noticed I was doing it in other places. It just, my body just got so used to taking those full deep breaths that I just, now I breathe that way. Normally, That's like beautiful. I just always find I love that. I'm going to start doing breaths. that and get in the car. So yeah. And so that, you know, that we already talked about how we both teach the method of, you know, bite-sized baby steps. And then the second method that I teach as well is I call it habit stacking, which is exactly what you described. Yeah. You know, you got a habit of put, turning on the coffee pot every morning, stack another habit on top of it, taking yep. three breaths. You got a habit of get, putting your seatbelt on, stack another habit on top of it, three deep breaths. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. And then, and then as you get, as that one becomes a habit, then you can add a next one, you know, then, then take another piece, then take a mindfulness piece or a gratitude piece. You know, I, I like to, I like to um, practice gratitude by like, you know, when I get out of bed, the first three steps I take, I try to name three things I'm grateful for. And oh, such a good idea. Bed. Yeah. And I just, and now I just kind of do it, you know, like I just, my feet hit the ground and I just think of three things that I'm grateful for. And and then it makes me start my day in a, in a better, you know, mindset. That is a great idea with the steps, because I've heard that a lot of, you know, trying to name three things before you get yeah. out of bed in the morning. And I never remember that before I get out of bed. I'm, yeah. I'm worried about hitting the alarm clock, yep. who's got to get woken up for school right. and, and stuff like that. But, but once my feet hit the floor, that would be my trigger yes. to remember to do that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And you feel like you're not sitting in bed. Like I was, I, I felt like I could, I can't sit in here and try and think of three things. I'm wasting time, even though it doesn't take any time at all. Right. But in your mind, you're like, I got to get up. I got to get the kids. Well, you know what? I'm taking my steps. I'm on my way to do what I have to do. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm doing something good for myself. So. Fantastic. Such great tips. Such great oh, tips. Thank Kelly. You. <laughs> Tell us again, the name of your podcast and anywhere else that people can find you. Yes, my podcast is Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. And you can find that on all the podcast platforms, wherever you listen. You can also find me on Instagram. And my uh, name there is Yogi in Schools. And you can find me on Facebook by my business name, which is Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. Fantastic. I'm going to write down yogi in schools and I'll make yes, sure it's yogi dot in dot schools dots. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I loved it. And I can't wait to start with my seatbelt breathing and my gratitude steps in the morning. Yes. I thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I, I really enjoyed talking with you and I so happy to be here and any tips that I can give, I'm really passionate about it. So any, any platform I can get on to try and help people with this is, I, I love it. Fantastic. Well, everybody start listening to Kelly at Mindful Moments for Families and Schools. Awesome. All right. You take care and have an awesome day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you for being here. If you want to learn more about how to take care of yourself along your parenting journey, join my free five-day challenge. It's called It's Your Turn because it is your turn. You give and you give and you give. It's time to pour back into yourself.
It's your turn to be nurtured, to be taken care of. Join me for my tips and tricks to make it easy and possible in your busy life. Go to my website, larakitts.com to register. That's L-A-R-A-K-I-T-T-S.com. The challenge starts February 15th.